This is Dan from Burlington, Vermont, and now I'm tuning in to the new TNN. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Canada! Welcome to the Great White North! Uh, wait, the Great White North? No! No! Johnny! Johnny C, where are you? You promised me we'd never return to the depths of hell that is the Great White North in your house! I can't do it again! I can't do it again! Concrete Man, calm down. It's me, Johnny C, here on the new TNN podcast feed. I promise, we're not talking about the Great White North! Oh, oh! All right, very well then. Uh, you may proceed with your podcast, Johnny C, as I'm sure the show you're speaking of will be much better than the Great White North. Take it away, Seaman! Did you just call me Seaman? No, I said Seaman! Mm, I don't know how I feel about that, Vince, but thanks. Uh, I'll talk to you later. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Concrete Man. It is time for the international incident in your house. Will it be better than the Great White North? I mean, it has to be, right? Right? Oh, fuck me sideways. That's right. Less than a minute, and I already said fuck me sideways. So here we go, folks. Concrete Man returns to talk about In Your House International Incident, which took place on July 21st, 1996, from the General Motors Place in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Now... Just to give you a little bit of perspective here, the WWF is presenting this two-hour, premium-priced, uh, but affordably-priced, in-your-house-based pay-per-view extravaganza just a few weeks after Hulk Hogan turned heel and formed the NWO. So if you've ever needed to really have a, a, a very clear understanding of how the two companies were doing uh, at any given particular time, just use this as a comparison point. I think you'll understand why WCW had a hot streak of, what was it, 87, 84, 81. I can't quite think of how many weeks it was. If only there was some sort of an easier way to remember how long the winning streak was for WCW Nitro. Oh, well, fuck it. Forget about it. But yeah, it's 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 not good. It's not a good comparison point to make. And I think once you've listened 
to this episode of Concrete Man, you'll understand even more why the World Wrestling Federation was in the depths of hell. But we start with a recap. Not a cool introductory video recap where they say things like, International. Across the lines of a nation. Incident. An event that aspires and occurs between two opposing parties. International incident. An incident between two opposing parties that occurs over national lines of the point of origin. It is in your house. International incident. Nothing that cool. We start with a recap of events that transpired on the free for all. Which is hilarious because, you know what? I always thought the WWF free for all was just like an expression. You know, free for all is like a melee. Like anything goes. You know, it's a free for all here. But you ever listen to Vince McMahon say free-for-all? He puts the emphasis on four. It's the free... No, no, that's not it. It's the, ladies and gentlemen, uh, make sure you check out the WWF free for all. Because he's saying it's free for all individuals. Now, that's clever. That's brand synergistic, and I appreciate it. This is kind of embarrassing the way he says it, though. But on the free for all, uh, we see Super Sock. Jose Lothario and Jim Cornette uh, having some sort of a debate of greatness. And it seems to have uh, broken down in your house, and they're about to come to blows. Sure enough, Jim Cornette swings his tennis racket at the Super Sock. The Super Sock ducks and hits Jim Cornette with, I guess, the Super Sock punch. What is a Super Sock, by the way? Oh, I know. Is it the. So- I know how you knock somebody out with a Super Sock. Do you fill a sock with quarters, perhaps? Uh, shades of the uh, Carl's what the fuck Carson City Silver Dollar Match at Bash at the Beach '96? No, you take the sock that the American boy, American Pie boys use to masturbate. Soon, the crusty semen will form a penetrative cocoon that will uh, carry enough momentum to knock out any individual when swung. So that is what a super sock is really made of. Now. Uh, TMTCV sees that his manager is down for the count. TMTCV, of course, being the man they call Vader. And Vader runs, well, Vader struts. No, Vader walks at a brisk pace towards the ring and slides in to attack the Super Sock. Not one to be outdone. The heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels, sprints to the ring and slides into the ring. And when I say slides, ladies and gentlemen... It's as if he's on some sort of a crazy Waterloo waterslide type contraption because he slides almost out of the ring completely, stands up, and gets real tough like, Come on, Jack! You want to step on a heartbreak kid? To show how tough the heartbreak kid is here in his denim jacket with a broken heart on the back, he pushes over the podium like, Oh yeah, Jack, look what I can do. Look how big the heartbreak kid is, Jack. Come on, Jack! It's really kind of pathetic, and and that's fine. Now, this incident, well, this international incident, I guess you could say, would lead to Jim Cornette giving an interview at the conclusion of the free for all, making a money-back guarantee. He proclaimed that if Camp Cornette did not win the main event matchup, he would refund everyone's pay-per-view purchases. Uh, I guess you could say... Uh, It's a way to try to entice some last-minute buys. Of course, what it actually does is just give away the ending, thus telling people there's no need to purchase. 
I know how it ends. But hey, I guess it could have worked, perhaps. It did not work, because this show is often in the conversation for like the lowest buy rate of all time. I, I, I did so much research trying to figure out, like, it's on some list, it's not on some other list. Like, I don't know how how much buy rate information can really be taken, you know, you got to take it with a grain of salt or whatever, but who cares? It doesn't matter. It's time to move forward with our opening video. And ladies and gentlemen, some late breaking international news here. The In Your House logo appears to have been imprisoned because he is absent from the opening video package. I guess they finally, finally put that fucker away behind bars, but we do get some floating rings. Shades of Sonic the Hedgehog 2, I suppose. And uh, these floating rings form in unison and continue to spin and say, INTERNATIONAL INCIDENT! And then we're inside the arena and rolling, and the smoking guns are coming down the aisle. I wonder who's going to be hosting this show. Oh, Johnny C, you drunk. You already no, the answer. Welcome, everyone! Yes! Welcome to British Columbia! Vancouver, British Columbia! Welcome to the General Motors place! The setting for the international incident in your house! Now, here on Concrete Man, what we do is we track every in-your-house reference. I mean, you know it at this point. But what we've discovered along the way is that Vince has also started to randomly yell the name, the subtitle of the show out of context. So, of course, we're going to track every utterance of in-your-house and international incident. Jim Ross and Jerry the King Lawler along with the concrete man for the ride. And Sonny, who is now leading the Smoking Guns, the current WWF Tag Team Champions, they all make their way down to the ringside area. JR mentions Jim Cornette's money-back guarantee. Vince uh, puts the uh, kibosh on everything here. Well, I'm not quite sure he can back up that guarantee, by the way. Nonetheless, standing by, ladies and gentlemen, the challengers in a non <laughs> God damn it, I laughed. All right, uh, guarantee, by the way, nonetheless, standing by, ladies and gentlemen, the challengers in a non-title match. <laughs> the challengers in a non-title matchup. Come on, Vince, get your head out of your ass. The challengers in a non-title matchup, we have, I believe, yes, the body donnas, skip and zip, and, uh, well, uh, conspicuous by our absence here, uh, Cloudy. Perhaps, uh, where's, uh, Cloudy? Where's Cloudy? Now, Vince is yelling, where's Cloudy, over Zip, who's trying to talk. I mean, I don't blame Vince. I wouldn't want to hear Zip talk either. And this little flub between Vince and Zip begins what to me is one of the worst overall segments in WWF pay-per-view history from a visual and auditory perspective. This entire tag team match and segment absolutely fucking suck. But Zip continues to speak and thanks Cloudy and everyone that sent in their cards, letters, and telegrams to audition to be the manager of the Body Donnas. I'm putting you on the spot, fair listener. Have you ever received or sent a telegram? Even in 1996, these things existed? Come on, man. Telegram? Zip has realized, though, that the Body Donnas don't need a manager. They needed the fans all along. And now they have them by their sides. They actually don't. Skip says... 
Now let me tell you, man, Sonny played mind games with us for so long, and I think with Cloudy, we showed we could play our own mind games. Ha ha, interjects Vince. Uh, and, and now with the fans finally behind us, it's time to get down to business. All right, go ahead and get down to business then. It's as if Vince is actually challenging the body Donna's live here on pay-per-view to go out there and try to get over without her. And now with the fans finally behind us, it's time to get down to business. <laughs> All right, well, go ahead. Get down to business then. If you can, you fucking pathetic douche. The body Donna's make their entrance to absolutely zero reaction. It could be below zero to be actually uh, truthful with you. Either way, though, it's fucking chilly. Sunny, of course, is the star of this segment. The camera is all over her. JR, shades of Jesse the Body Ventura at SummerSlam 89, mentions that if the well, if the Body Donners win here, uh, they should get a shot at the Tag Team titles. Uh, but if they lose, it's going to be some time before they get a title shot ever again. Harvey Whippleman is the assigned referee. The King is not pleased. Sunny bends through the middle and bottom rope to exit the ring. Everyone stops to get a good look. Costanza. Sonny offers the WWF championship belts of a tag team nature to Vince McMahon at ringside to hold. Uh, I beg your pardon? He responds. She quickly pulls him away. The bell rings, and the body Donnas are off to a double team start on Billy. Big double back body drop. Yeah! The body Donnas then take down Bart, and the ring is cleared. Now it's time for the body Donnas to really get that baby face fire. So Chris Candido, or Skip, stands center ring and puts both hands up. Zip goes in close to high five, but oh no! Candido has decided to put his hands in the finger guns position to mock the cowboy adversaries. Zip remains hanging center ring and looking like a fool with no one to high five. Vince calls all these goings-on shenanigans, and I'm very pleased. Billy Gunn does show some good heel work in this match. He does lots of yelling to the crowd and overall general assholiness, and that's cool to see this early on in his career. However, more evidence to this segment being an auditory offense to the senses. Jim Ross asks the King if a non-title match benefits the smoking guns. The King says, No! Then he says, Wait, the, the guns? Yes, it's an advantage for the guns. Suddenly, I hear the Canadian faithful yelling, Stop the steal! Stop the steal! What? Oh, wait a minute. Apparently, they're chanting, Buns of steel. What a fun 1996 reference to the Sunster. Uh, Vince McMahon takes control of the broadcast. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, an individual whom is scheduled to perform here tonight, Jake the Snake Roberts, will not be here with us. Jake, unfortunately, as a result of numerous rib injuries, uh, Jake unable to compete here tonight in your house. Uh, yeah, Jake's watching from home in Stone Mountain, Georgia. When do they move the Betty Ford Clinic to Stone Mountain? All right, never mind. The body Donis. I think Jake just no-showed this, by the way. I don't think he's actually hurt. JR informs us that the Body Donnas are going to want to wrestle a quick pace tonight, uh, just like the Vancouver Grizzlies do here at GM Place. Ah, oh, well, don't forget JR, the Vancouver Canucks as well. Skip and Zip control the tempo of the matchup by working over Bart Gunn's left arm, because he's a southpaw. Meanwhile, I am falling asleep. Bart Gunn fights back with a short clothesline. Shades of the injured. Or drunk. Jake the Snake Roberts. 
Billy Gunn tagged in now, and he's yelling at the crowd and stepping on Skip's face like a big, bad, dirty heel. Vince lets us know that the big hog farmer, Hank, will face mankind tonight instead of Jake the Snake Roberts. JR adds that based on the current weight of the big hog farmer, that this match could indeed be a slobber knocker and a rigged matchup. <laughs> Wait a minute. No, okay. He's, he says it's a rugged matchup. It'll certainly be a rigged matchup. I believe he said rugged, though, and I mistyped my notes. Yes, yes, Jim. Uh, way to just give away the finish there. Oh, oh, big Hank the, the Hog Farmer uh, King. He's taking on uh, Mankind in what's going to be a rigged matchup. See, we're aware of the winners ahead of time. Uh, anywho, after uh, JR mentions it could be a slobber knocker in this rigged match, King adds, Poor Jake! He finally suffered the wraths of grapes. Ha-ha! That's kind of funny. Skip, meanwhile, back in the match, puts his head down, and Billy Gunn hits the rocker dropper, slash famouser, and he pops right up to yell at the crowd and point at himself. Call it uh, a Pavlovian response, folks, but as soon as he popped up, I expected him to be like, suck it, you know, because I'm so used to that. He didn't, but you can tell that there's fire. Even through this shitty gimmick, the fire burns in Billy Gunn's eyes. Skip gets tossed into the buckle uh, and charges. No, wait. Skip tosses Billy into the buckle. Skip charges and, uh, god damn it, it's backwards. Fucking hell. You know what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't fucking matter. Skip is in the corner. Billy charges. Skip scurries out of the way, and Billy hits the turnbuckle. This cat-like maneuver causes Jim Ross to claim that the Body Donnas are the quickest team in the World Rossling Federation. Vince McMahon decides to put Jim Ross on the spot, regardless of how stupid it might sound, or... Vince McMahon exposes the fact that he refuses to be wrong in any situation. I leave it to you to decide, folks, because I'm going to tell you what happened. So keep it in mind. Is Vince trying to put JR on the spot, or is Vince exposing to us, the listener, that he refuses to ever be wrong, even if he fucks up? Here we go. So JR says, well, I think the, the Body Dollars are one of the quickest teams in the WWF. I would suggest that the Godwins are every bit as quick as the Body Dollars. Uh, the Godwins or the Goons? I'd say, uh, the Godwins. I think the guns are a little bit off, despite their size. And of course, yes, it's going to be interesting when mankind steps out here to face Henry Godwin. And I would suggest, where you see Henry, you're likely to just as well see Phineas and Hillbilly Jim. Now, I'm leaning towards Vince refuses to be wrong, because he hijacks the conversation completely and pivots away from what they were actually talking about. So I think it was just a little slip-up by old Vince, but I guess we'll never really know. JR suggests that mankind might drink the slop of Henry Godwin. Ha-ha! He just might! Uh, slop under glass. Suddenly, Sonny passes out. Skip, because he's an idiot, goes to check on her. Sonny pops up and slaps the face of Skip. A big pop from Vancouver. They quite enjoyed the body Donna's being humiliated, as do I. A big double clothesline now delivered by the smoking guns. Jim Ross channels legendary Rebel Alliance leader Admiral Akbar upon seeing the slap and double clothesline when he yells, It's a trap! 
Did you guys see that latest episode of The Mandalorian? Where I will, I'll keep this as vague as possible to avoid spoilers, but a human is talking to an Admiral Akbar fish type person in the Star Wars universe. I don't know what race they are. And, and this human says, no, 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 I didn't do anything. Uh, it was a trap. And the Admiral Akbar guy spikes the camera like, really? Did you just say it's a trap to me? Hmm? <laughs> I fucking laughed my tits off, man. It was fucking awesome. Anywho, upon the cutting ruse of the smoking guns and the sunster being successful, Sonny bounces in place with enthusiastic excitement. Bark Gun spikes the camera and yells, Yeehaw! Back inside, Billy makes the cover. One, two, no. King wants to know which one of the dastardly bastards at the commentary table stole his Olympic medals because he wants to show them to Sonny. You know, because it's the summer of 96 and the Olympics were going to be in the States. So, that's a thing. Skip gets whipped hard into the turnbuckle. It makes a loud sound. And Jim Ross says, Man, you want to talk about velocity. And folks, that's the best summary of Chris Candido's career I've ever heard. Chris Candido, man, you want to talk about velocity. You know, because he's a fucking velocity-esque jobber. Sonny spikes the camera and says, I mean, I'm not sure what she said. It sounded like drunken gibberish, which, you know, could be accurate. Skip goes up to the top rope and gets caught with a power slam. Another big pop from Vancouver in response to body Donna Peril. Billy, uh, it ta- oh, excuse me, Bart is tagged in by Billy. Bart drops uh, Skip on the top rope. Now, Billy Gunn charges behind Bart Gunn. They're going to do that smoking gun, leapfrog, splash, tandem, double offense maneuver type thing. You know, the smoking guns did it all the time. So Billy bounces off the ropes. Billy sprints. Billy leaps. However, Billy doesn't make it over Bart Gunn's head. Billy lands behind Bart Gunn. The crowd laughs at the failure. So Billy Gunn walks over to Skip and kicks him in the shin. Well, that's almost just as effective as the uh, Smoke of Guns double-team leapfrog maneuver. Seconds after this failed leapfrog attempt, Harvey Whippleman goes over and admonishes Bart Gunn to tell him to get out of the ring because they're double-teaming. And now, ladies and gentlemen, Vince McMahon and Jerry the King Lawler perform a live retcon. Can you imagine trying to retcon something that just happened right before our eyes. They say that Harvey Whippleman actually broke up the leapfrog attempt because they were double-teaming to force Bart out of the ring. It's unbelievable! I mean, I suppose anything can happen in the WWF, but this is insane! Harvey Whippleman wasn't even talking to the smoking guns during the leapfrog attempt. Trying to pull the wool over our eyes! You know what, though? I believe them. This match, though, is so fucking bad, and that spot just goes to make it even worse. And now Billy and Bart illegally switch behind the referee's back. And you know what? I don't understand that spot at all. Because the smoking guns are in control. They're beating on Skip in the corner. Uh, Zip comes in, and the ref's like, Hey, Zip, you need to get back there. And the smoking guns don't do, like, an illegal move. The illegal thing they do is switch positions. Look, they're both at full strength. 
all Billy would have to do to to get Bart in is is move his arm like an inch into the air so Bart can tag it. There's no illegal advantage gained here. Why do tag teams do this? I, uh, they act like they're really pulling one off here. I fucking hate this. I hate wrestling. No, oh, I don't hate it. I just don't understand. God help me, Skip fires up. Thankfully, he's cut back down to size by Bart or Billy. Who cares? The only thing that could potentially save this match right now is Vince yelling, In your house! Or even say, International incident! But he doesn't! Billy continues to make Skip look like a jobber by cutting off all his fire-up spots. JR reminds us that on option 8, the Superstar Line is being hosted by Brian Effin Bellman! Skip finally gets some offense, but is immediately cut off by Bart. Billy is tagged in and called the more flamboyant of the two by Vince McMahon, which of course is just code for, that's the one I'm going to push. Billy leaps off the top rope and lands on Skip's knee in the inverted atomic drop position. Now, God damn it. Picture this. Skip is in the center of the ring like, oh, I'm woozy, standing up. Billy's on the top. Billy jumps and lands on Skip's knee, okay? But here's the problem. Billy didn't have his hands positioned like he was going to throw a punch. He didn't have his, his hands linked together like he was going to hit a double axe. He didn't even swing wildly like he was going to deliver a vicious chop from the Far East. Why is, why is he jumping? What is he going to do? I get it. I'm not stupid. He was jumping into the inverted atomic drop position in this rigged matchup. But you have to give me a reason why. Both men are down. Sonny bangs on the mat to start a 1-2-3 kid chant. It doesn't work. A fucking icy cold tag to Zip. Can you imagine Zip getting a hot fucking tag? Billy trips Zip, which causes JRDL. Billy trips Zip! And while it is factual, it's also incredibly embarrassing to have to yell this with others within earshot. Sonny is yelling at Skip now in the corner. Bart has Zip in the sidewinder position. Harvey Whippleman is trying to get Sonny and Billy back to the corners. So Skip comes off the top and hits a drop kick to the face of Bart. Zip falls on top. Vince yells, cover him! Well, he is Vince, you know, gravity and such. One, two, he got him! Sonny is not pleased. The crowd politely pops, but I'm sure they're just happy the match is over. Shades of Christian Cage! Sonny throws a temper tantrum, but the match is over. So let's stand by, ladies and gentlemen, with Mr. Perfect, who's in the back with Camp Cornette. Someone appears to be missing from Camp Cornette, because we have the British Bulldog, Owen Hart, Jim Cornette, and even Diana Hart-Smith. And they're all standing there talking to Mr. Perfect. Mr. Perfect's asking poignant questions. But I hear a sound in the background. It sounds like this. Then a trash can comically flies by the screen. We cut to Jim Cornette. Uh, showing us some footage about what happened on the free for all. And this is how Jim describes the altercation. Oh, the Lothario, he put a switchblade on me while I have a back turn, and he tried to cut me. Shawn Michaels tried to cover behind and gang jump me. Cornette guarantees again his guarantee, claiming that if they do lose the match, they being Camp Cornette, pronouns pal, uh, it's going to cost him about seven to ten million bucks. Oh, you wish, Vince. 
Vader then walks into the frame to bark at Mr. Perfect. He was here all along. Oh, perhaps he was the genesis of the strange noises. He does at Mr. Perfect. Davy Boy Smith then begins to speak and tells us that tonight out there it's no place for lady. That's why Diana Smith is going to be staying in the back. Vader confirms this and also proves that the men's locker room is no place for a lady. And he proves this by standing on a little bench in between Davy Boy and Diana Hart Smith and wagging his tongue doing the kingpin lady. Now, God help me, Diana Hartsmith is desperately trying not to laugh. I'm already laughing and declaring this the greatest Camp Cornet promo of all time. Vader, on the way out, blows in Davy's ear, and Owen promotes his own podcast. That has to be wrong. No, Owen promotes his cast. Why did it autocorrect a podcast? Oh, Owen's like, I'm going to beat you with my cast. Vader yells, Itam! Itam! And let's head back to the General Motors place. Well, I mean, we're in the... You know, to the ringside area of the General Motors place. Do I have to do everything around here? Looks like mankind is coming down the aisle to do battle with a big hog farmer. And if somehow you missed the fact that mankind was going to face Henry O'Godwin, don't worry. Because the Peacock dub music is here to remind you. It's all extra. And here indeed comes the big hog farmer from Bitters, Arkansas, Hank. Now, according to the closed captioning service provided by Peacock, during his entrance, the crowd cheers. And I think that that's going to open us all up to one of those nice, fun, uh, what is it, uh, lawsuit thingies, the... Uh, Oh, I wanted to say capital gains tax, but it doesn't have anything to do with anything. Oh, what are those lawsuits that everybody enters into? Class action! Thank you, Thing. A class action lawsuit against Peacock because they're lying to the hearing-impaired community. I don't think there's any cheering. Hillbilly Jim is, of course, with Hank, but no critters or Phineas to be found. Now, to my dismay, the fake Godwood music has completely covered the audio track that was In Your House International Incident. And to make matters worse, Hank walks by the commentary table, and I see Vince McMahon pulsating and gyrating. What if he yelled, IN YOUR HOUSE? It's just going to be lost to history forever. Now, I get a good look at Foley here, and Mankind looks like a million bucks compared to what I'm, you know, used to seeing him as. Uh, He's also completely thrown through a loop by his opponent and his opponent's manager, because Hog and Hillbilly Jim center ring begin to square dance. And Mankind kind of looks on like, oh, jeez, I don't really know what they're doing. Is it fun? No, I don't like fun. What's that? What's that? What's that? The bell rings, and here we go. Mankind versus the big old powerhouse country boy, Henry Godwin. Right away, Hank calls to the to the General Motors place faithful by yelling, Zooey! As soon as Hank Zooey's, Mankind attacks. Now, if you're confused by this turn of events, Vince McMahon quickly explains, Look out! A call of Zooey! It attracted, well, not a hog, it attracted mankind from behind. <laughs> 
<laughs> now I love the I I love the idea of mankind actually being attracted by the Zooey. Like if they were the god was were celebrating some sort of tag title victory backstage and they're pouring fucking chocolate milk all over one another and Hank's like, We won the tag title, Zooey and the camera pans out and mankind's there like, Oh Uncle Hank oh, did I hear you call me? Uh, uh, no, no, Mankind, I, I was just calling for the critters. Okay! And, you know, Mankind just walks to the left off the camera frame, and the celebration continues. Now, Hank sends McFoley, or, or Mankind, I should say, because he's not near McFoley at all. He's total Mankind. Mankind sent over the top rope with the clothesline from Bitters, Arkansas, and the crowd is indeed fired up. <laughs> Canada, right? Mankind walks towards the backstage area, but decides to return to action. The king starts to mock then-U.S. President Bubba, as he calls him, and adds, unlike Clinton, Jake the Snake always inhaled. I don't think we need to go there, thank you. Vince tries to say that Henry is now a tag team wrestler and might be at a disadvantage in singles competition. See how easy that was to say? Henry Godwin has been specializing in tag team action as of late with his cousin Phineas, nonetheless Henry Godwin stepping up to the plate to face Mankind. Mankind hits Hog hard, and King. Ladies and gentlemen, Jerry the King Lawler says, What a move! Meaning, it's contagious. Next thing you know, he's going to say, What a maneuver! Or JR's going to be like, Oh, there's what a maneuver there! And they're going to be serious about it. It's, it's dangerous, folks. Don't let Vince McMahon, don't let your friends commentate Vince McMahon style, okay? Center ring now, and Mick Foley mocks the Godwin family by square dancing with himself. Dead center of the ring, I'm not lying. Mick square dances amongst himself and then turns it into that running, crushing knee thing he does. Seriously, if he would have kept doing it his entire career, it would have been up there with the people's elbow, Road Dog's shaky leg knee drop. And other silly moves that got... Ho train? <laughs> other silly moves that got over is what I was going to say. And I enjoyed it quite a bit. Outside, Mick Fol- Man- I did it again. Mankind moves around the mats that cover the ringside area. And Vince yells, The concrete exposed! Which is also going to be, I guess, the name of the Vince McMahon documentary that I produce someday. Uh, the neckbreaker of a swinging nature is delivered to the big hog farmer. A nice big moment here as Mankind slams his head against the turnbuckle while trying to collide with Hank. It was loud. It's gross. But more importantly, Vince McMahon says that we alluded to the quickness of the Godwins earlier in the tag team matchup. So Vince really doubling down on his nonsense from earlier. He just cannot be wrong. But honestly, in a crazy way, it makes me kind of love him. You know, it's like the lawyer who fucking wins the case even though they know it's bullshit. It's like, hey, I'm a lawyer. That's what I'm supposed to do. I was hired to be a lawyer, damn it. And I'm lawyering. It's just impressive is all. Back outside of the ring, and Hank presses Mankind off the apron onto the concrete. JR makes, well, tries to make an iconic call. His back could be broken! And immediately, Vince chimes in, but it's not. Fuck, Vince. Let, let Jim sell it. Like, I know it's JR and you hate him, but come on. He's trying to get the match over. Speaking of the match being over, Hank goes for the slop drop. But Mankind hangs on to the top rope, and Hank slop drops himself. Now that Hank is at a vertical base, 
or no, a horizontal base, excuse me, I failed geometry, you know. Now, now that Hank is at a horizontal base, full, uh, Mankind drops down, locks in the mandible claw, and it's over! It's in the gullet! Oh, my goodness! A paralyzing hole, it's paralyzing! Tim White calls for the bell, and the soft piano exit theme song of Mankind soothes Mrs. Foley's baby boy. Not a bad little match, I gotta be honest with you. I mean, it's not, like, good, but over that opening tag team match, I'd watch this any day of the week, and it's like six minutes. It's a showcase for Mankind. And dare I say, even though I've seen Henry, we've all seen Henry Godwin in some shit, I mean, he's willing, he's game, you know. He's not the game, but he's game. Uh, tremendous, tremendous character work as Mankind leaves the ringside area walking, breaks into a dead sprint, and suddenly stops and reverts back to walking like he's not quite sure what is happening. I love you, mankind. Backstage on the superstar line, Raymond Rougeau is talking to the smoking guns and Sonny. Brian Pillman is with the body Donnas. Brian Pillman says that the body Donnas are trying to talk about, and I quote, the sanctimonious garbage of the competitive spirit. How they went out there to compete as athletes. Let's face it, their only motivation was hormones. Sonny, TNA, you name it, that's what they want. Oh, God, that hurts my throat. Christ. <coughs> Sorry, that's not a joke. Oh, man. All right, thank you, Mr. Pillman. It's a WWE Superstar line as ever before, but Pillman isn't done. They're talking about the double team and by the guns. But these guys, they want to double-team Sonny! Ah! Oh, come on! All right, ladies and gentlemen, the WWF Superstar Line! And, oh my goodness, ladies and gentlemen, back in General Motors' place, here comes the reigning, defending King of the Ring, Stone Cold Steve Austin, with his slow music. The... Now, Austin is wearing his King's Crest tight variants. There's like a knightly, kingly crest on the back with like a sword and a knight shield and the like Dallas Cowboys star on it. I like it. But it's weird to see Austin with, you know, shit on his ass. I mean, we all eventually get shit on our ass, but it's weird when Stone Cold does it. Don't worry. If all you folks out there were worried that Vince McMahon might not say one of his ridiculous over-explanational catchphrases breathe a sigh of relief because it would be very easy to call Stone Cold Steve Austin the king of the ring the reigning king of the ring well that adds an extra word but that's okay how about the king of the ring award winner with the title held in abeyance I see Vince is always one to use 14 words when three would suffice. He also mentions that Stone Cold Steve Austin has water running through his veins, and that water is of an icy cold nature. Wait a minute. That's my shtick, too. Anywho, his opponent is, according to Vince McMahon, All right, here he comes. The Wild Man, Mark Merrill, along with Sable, the WWF's one-two punch for sure. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The WWF's one-two punch! Christ almighty. I just can't. We do flash back to the King of the Ring award winner tournament 
where, uh, see, you don't call it the King of the Ring Award winner tournament. You call it the King of the Ring tournament. We flash back to Marrow doing the kickflip pin that busted Austin's lip open. I mean, we've, we've seen it. I mean, you all know. Yeah, I mean, this shit's all like fucking, it's not ancient history to you. It's like it just happened yesterday. I know it is in my mind. Now, of course, that's, that's very normal. We could relax. Uh, Sable disrobes the Wildman Mark Marrow in the ring. Marrow smiles like a 12-year-old as she's doing it. The bell rings, and here we go. JR right away, and I'm not blaming him or throwing shade, but right away, he does the thing where he's like, these two young athletes are hungry, and they're in their primes, and they got a bright future ahead of them, not behind. They're the new generation. Vince McMahon, though, cuts him off to say, wild man, Mark Marrow. Now, by my count, we're 20 seconds into the match. Vince McMahon has said, Wild Man Mark Merrill, four times, and Soko Steve Austin, twice. Just say the last names, and hell, I'd even settle for the first. Steve now with the right hand. Mark with the takedown. Austin with the right hand. Merrill with the takedown. Soko Steve Austin with the right hand. Wild Man Mark Merrill with the takedown. See, you have to run all the words together when you use all of them. You save yourself a little breath, and you save us all some time. But the wild man, Mark Merrill, has control... God, he's got me doing it. Wild man, Mark Merrill, has control of Austin, and Vince makes the call. And again, Sable on the outside. A wink a moment ago at wild man, Mark Merrill. She will do anything to encourage the wild man on the victory here in your house. There's likely to be an international incident. No doubt about it. And it could be here in this match. <laughs> I mean, he said both of them. And it might be the worst in your house of all time. He had no right to say either of these phrases here. And of course, it's so bad, I kind of love it. But it makes zero sense. I mean, it makes less sense than they usually do. Okay? Seriously. I mean, there could be an international incident right here in this very match. I mean, what is an international incident of a WWF nature, Vince? A nice chain wrestling sequence from a headlock to a bridge to a backslide, etc., etc. We've all seen it before. That doesn't make it bad. Austin gets tossed out of the ring. In a glorious moment, as Austin is tossed outside, he gets back to a vertical base and he calls timeout. Heels calling for a timeout or like waving their hands in the air like, oh, I think I've had enough of this. It gets me every time. I love it. It can't be done enough. I want it to be done in every match. And hey, since Vince, or us Vince, since Austin has called timeout and we're in timeout, let's make sure to promote that Goldust and Marlena are live in cyberspace on America Online. And we do see Marlena and the Usher on a split screen in cyberspace. Uh, Austin calls time in and starts to pursue the lovely, vivacious Sable, one half of the WWF's one-two punch, but Wildman Mark Burrow jumps off of the apron with an axe-based assault. Back inside now, and the Wildman Mark Marrow does the Wildman Mark Marrow kick-flip pin that busted Stone Cold Steve Austin open at the King of the Ring Award winner tournament. One, two, no! And holy shit, folks, Austin is up, and he is busted open again, Blood appears to be pouring everywhere, and Austin is doing everything he can to cover his lip to keep the blood from spilling out of his body and maintaining his body's functionality. The wild man, Mark Merrill, goes to check, and Stone Cold Steve Austin pokes the eyes! There was no blood at all! The lip is not busted! It was all a cunning ruse! I like it. Austin knocks the wild man, Mark Merrill, to the outside. The crowd 
cheers upon Austin getting one over on the idiotic, moronic babyface. Uh, my words, not theirs, but I'm assuming that's why. Austin revels in the cheers and mounts the turnbuckle to hit his signature Stokel Steve Austin pose. Now that he's actually asking for the crowd to react, we get some very bass deep cheers and some very kitty boos, which makes sense. I'm loving it, but either way, it doesn't matter because you know what they're doing, folks? They're reacting to what's in front of them based on what the actors or independent contractors or 1099 employees have done, and that's what you need to see happen. Outside, the wild man Mark Merrow is slingshot into the post by Stone Cold Steve Austin. It gets another loud reaction, uh, not only for the fans, but also from JR. Now, what's the reason for that? Why did he do that? The wild man, Mark Marrow, is now on the apron, Stone Cold Charges. But Marrow dives and accidentally Savage Crush summits his own throat on the security railing. More crowd reaction for Austin. We get a double feature of the slingshot spot, and Vince says, Watch this ring post now. Why? The ring post isn't going to, like, move. The ring post didn't throw Marrow into itself. Watch Bob man, Mark Marrow is what you're looking for, because he's going to crash into the post events, but that's okay. Okay, you're a professional, I'm an amateur. Uh, oh, and you know what? You didn't mean to say, watch the watch Mark Marrow. You, you're trying to say, the wild man, Mark Marrow. Uh, Sable tries to encourage the wild man, Mark Marrow, to get back up, and she yells, Mark, come on, watch out! She might be one of the worst, like, talking managers ever. Like, of managers that interact with their charge during matches, like, every time I've seen Sable or heard Sable do her thing, it's annoying and shrill. Like, come on, Mark, get up! Like, when she's wearing the fancy dresses, she yells a lot. But it sounds more like uh, Mark Bagwell's mom than a sexy sapester. I digress. Uh, Austin goes up on the middle rope and hits the patented middle finger elbow. Uh, pop for the impact. A cover. One. Two, no, the wild man, Mark Marrow, kicks out. A submission maneuver is locked on the wild man, Mark Marrow, now. It's a variation of the camel clutch. And then Marrow is draped on the ropes. Stone Cold bounces off the ropes and dives to hit the big boss man diving squat assault maneuver that desperately needs a name. The wild man, Mark Marrow, moves. Austin bounces the ropes and goes to flail back like, Oh no, son, I'm going to hurt myself for missing this move. However, since he's a bad guy. Austin has bad guy heal powers and lands safely on his own feet and does the uh uh use my brain. Another awesome heel mannerism that I'm a fucking sucker for. Austin's back in control with a headlock, but the wild man Mark Merrill launches him into the turnbuckle crotch first. The crowd does not pop for the wild man Mark Merrill's comeback. An Irish whip is reversed and Austin hits the patented Stone Cold Steve Austin little gut kick. And much like I did in the Billy Gunn Rocker Dropper Famouser earlier, I had a Pavlovian response. After he kicked Marrow, I'm like, STUNNER! Of course, it didn't happen, because that's not the setup for the stunner yet. I promise, if you watch this match, you will have the same Pavlovian response. It is ingrained in your DNA. Now we've got some shenanigans afoot. Here comes Marlena and Gold Dust Usher. Austin attempts a powerbomb! Uh, but Merrill counters in the air, and both guys stumble backwards into the ropes. It looks like they almost both flew over, and that could have been bad. Merrill 
braces himself on the ropes, gets control back, and now he safely flips them both over, and that's fine. That's what the spot. Way to go, Mark. Protect the most important figure in wrestling history. Well done by the loud man, Mark Merrill. Speaking of which, the loud man, Mark Merrill, was up first. The usher of a golden nature delivers a package to the king. We get a nice, unbelievable flipping assault by the wild man Mark Merrow as he dives off the apron onto Austin. The king gives the package to Vince. Now on the opposite side of the ring, the wild man Mark Merrow is standing on the apron, and he hits a standing wild man Mark Merrow assault with no rope assistance. Very nice, and the crowd responds in kind, as do I. This one is really picked up especially compared to the previous two encounters. The wild man, Mark Merrill, beats on his own chest shades of the Tarzan. The wild man, Mark Merrill, catapults inside on top of Stone Cold Steve Austin for only two. He then gets in the corner and hits ten punches to the head, followed up with the Call of the Wild, yes, by Vince McMahon. But instead of the Call of the Wild, yes, Austin pushes Merrill off the top, and Merrill racks himself in the penile area. Another nice pop for Austin, as King calls it, the fall of the wild. Ha-ha! A stutter attempt with no little gut kick. It's weird to see. However, shades of mankind earlier in the slop drop position, the wild man Mark Merrill hangs on to the ropes. A leg drop for the wild man Mark Merrill. One, two, no. Then, ladies and gentlemen, Merrill gets back up from the pinfall attempt. And Stone Cold Steve Austin clips the wild man Mark Merrill in the knee. Shades of Terry Bam Bam Gordy doing it to Scott Steiner in round two of the NWA World Tag Team Championships that saw the Miracle Violence Connection take out the Puerto Rican team. One of my favorite fucking things ever. The wild man Mark Merrill hobbles up. Austin hits a stutter out of nowhere. One, two, three. It's over. A fun little mid-card match. Vancouver is very pleased, and guess what? So is Johnny C. Hey, look, in the crowd, Bob Backlund is out campaigning for the United States presidency in Canada. Hmm. Well, you better believe tomorrow night the WWF will be doing some campaigning, says Vince. What a transition, because all he's talking about is a commercial for Raw tomorrow night. It's ridiculous. Uh, The commercial's pretty bad, too. Uh, It's performed by Todd Pettengale. So congratulations, here it is for all of you. Shawn Michaels, Ahmed Johnson, each man gave a gun a shot at the title. Each man forced his opponent to bite the bullet. And now it's the gun's turn to put their gold up for grabs. And for Sonny, it's time to put up or shut up. Billy and Bart, the smoking guns, battle Shawn and Ahmed for the tag team title. It's Raw and it's tomorrow night. Now, this commercial has a jaunty piano tune behind it. It's like... It can't be ignored. I want this piano tune. But, ladies and gentlemen, will the sexy powers emerge victorious and become the tag team champions of a world nature? Well, I don't know. Maybe Concrete Man will have a sexy power special. Speaking of sexy powers, here come Marlena and the Golden One. Gold dust. (sighs) I hurt my teeth. My initial reaction upon seeing gold dust was not a positive one. Because I have to admit, I was like, oh fuck, is he fighting the Undertaker? I think he is, and is this the final curtain match? 
Oh no, that's at Mind Games, which means I'm going to have to watch even more of this shit. We flash back to Beware of Dog 2, where Mankind helped Gold Dust retain the Intercontinental Championship match in a, match, in a casket match. Ah, oh, Jesus. Dong. Complete blackout, ladies and gentlemen. From the General Motors place, we are live from Vancouver, British Columbia. An international incident in your house. I think they're both American. Well, I guess it does make an international incident because two American combatants are about to collide on Canadian soil. But here comes the Undertaker, man from the dark side. Which, of course, gives Vince the opportunity to let us know that there is nothing like seeing the World Wrestling Federation live. And they are in Vancouver feeling, and I quote, The ambience of The Undertaker! And then, ladies and gentlemen, Jim Ross, legendary Hall of Fame broadcaster, innovator of the Starcade stats, says something that I absolutely cannot believe. And I know, I know that Jim Ross needs job security. I know he's got a family to feed. And he's a happily married man. I respect that. I empathize with that. I really, really do. But there is no excuse for Jim Ross to say what is possibly the most Vince McMahon thing I have ever heard him say. Now remember, we are just a few weeks away from the Olympics in Hotlanta, GA, in 1996. And Jim Ross says, quote, and the judge from Transylvania gives the Undertaker a perfect tan if he can win this one. Bad form, Jim. Bad form. Well, nonetheless, the Undertaker, man from the dark side, turns the lights on, and we should be ready to go. However, gold dust is on the outside, so it looks like we are stalling. The bell rings, and we are officially underway. Gold dust still on the outside. This does not bode well for my sanity, ladies and gentlemen. However, Dustin Reynolds, knowing how I'm feeling, makes me laugh very hard because he slithers into the ring, immediately slithers back out, runs away, and drapes his legs over the security railing like a frightened nine-year-old, and the security railing is indeed his mama. Goldust is spooked! Paul Bearer is getting anxious and impatient, so uh, I, I am able to hear him at ringside. He says, Come on, referee! Make him get in the ring! Goldust does enter, and holy shit! It appears that Canadian referee Jimmy Corderas is indeed choking. So Goldust inches in behind him, locks in the Heimlich Maneuver, which allows him to use James as a human shield. It appears that Jimmy is okay, so Goldust eventually lets him go, and these two big Texans start to stand off face to face. Goldust does his flourish. It makes the women here in Vancouver puke. Big right hand from The Undertaker, man from the dark side. Goldust is down and rolls outside. Now, I thought this was supposed to be an international incident. Vince said it was. But clearly, we are on United States soil because we are really in Memphis here with the stalling. All right? 
Goldust and Marleta head to the entrance. They pause, think better, and start to inch towards the ring. Goldust yanks the Undertaker, man for the dark side, to the outside. Vince calls it, but Taker strikes, and Vince makes a mouth sound instead. Like, so Goldust yanks, he's about to be like, The Undertaker pulled outside! But when the Undertaker strikes, Vince just goes, Wow! It's so fucking awkward and weird, I had to point it out. Uh, Jerry the King Lawler, by the way, is making movie puns this entire time. I can't bear to write them down, so deal with the fact that I will not deliver them to you. Goldust kisses the steps of solid blue steel. Jamie Lee Curtis. The Undertaker threatens to drop the steps on Goldie, but thinks better of it. Both men back in the ring now, and Goldust begs off. Uh, Chokehold in the corner by The Undertaker, man from the dark side, but then he breaks off. Goldust now, shades of George the Animal Steel, begins to bite the turnbuckle pad. Alright. The Undertaker, man from the dark side, grabs Goldust's skull and starts to ram it into the turnbuckle. But Goldust does manage to untie the belt buckle. Belt buckle. Well, Goldust is untying your belt buckle too, folks. Don't tell me it didn't happen. I saw it happen. I felt it happen. He does manage to untie the turnbuckle pad before the Undertaker, man from the dark side, can continue his beatdown. The Taker gets some near falls, but a poke to the facial area by Goldust is the only offense he can muster. It has little effect on the Undertaker, man from the dark side. Uh, the M-F-O-T-D goes up to the top rope and hits middle school. Did I say that right? The T-M-F-T-D? Oh, fuck it, I don't care. The Undertaker, man for the dark side, misses an elbow and gets clotheslined outside, lands on his feet, and both combatants are outside again. We quickly get back inside, and the Undertaker... Man from the dark side hits the exposed turnbuckle and Goldust is in charge. He uses the steps on the Undertaker, and you have to wonder if the man from the dark side can recover. Chinlock now applied, and I hear Paul Bear off camera weakly say as his charge, the Undertaker, man from the dark side, is in this chinlock. He starts to say a phrase, which is not uncommon to hear him say, but he says it in a weird cadence. He says... Rest in peace! Rest in peace! Clearly, the man is trying to start a crowd-based chant. I feel like Paul Bear should be the one manager that doesn't do things like that. But, nonetheless, Vancouver abides, and (laughs) the crowd starts to say, Rest in peace! Rest in peace! But Paul Bear adds to the chant, and so it sounds like this. Rest in peace. Yes, rest in peace. Yes, rest in peace. Yes! <laughs> it's glorious. Uh, the Undertaker sets up the Bizarre One and hits a big boot. Uh, a scoop slam by The Undertaker. It looks like he's going for the tombstone, but no! Gold Dust is wiggling. Holy shit, it's a reversal by Gold Dust. The Undertaker, mad from the dark side, reverses the reversal into a small package! A small package by the Undertaker, mad for the dark side. Is that even legal? He doesn't even go here. Vince is excited, and you could tell from the next call that he makes. Yes, 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 yes. Here it comes. The man from the dark side has gold dust up for the stone of tombs. He hits it. He has gold dust covered, like he does the draping Undertaker pin. He's doing it. 
Sure, he hasn't flung back the hair yet, but it's still a legal pitting combination. Referee Jimmy Corderas is not choking as he was earlier, but he isn't counting. The Undertaker again places his hands on Goldust. It is a legal cover. We've seen this literally thousands of times. I've counted to 13. The match is over. The Undertaker has won via pinfall. But again, the referee is not counting. What is going on? Luckily, Vince keys me in. Wait, wait, wait a minute! It's Mankind! Up to the bottom of the ring! Mankind! Sucking the Undertaker out of the ring! Can you believe it? Mankind! How did he get there? How did he do what he did? It's true. Mankind is here, complete with some dry ice steam rising from a hole in the ring. The Undertaker is pulled down. Mankind pops out. The lights start to flicker. Paul Bear says, No! No! Damn you, Mankind! Damn you! Mankind looks in the hole, confused. He's like scratching his head like, Oh, jeez! Where'd he go? He should be down there! Undertaker rips another hole in the perfectly good ring on the opposite side and comes out. He strikes with fists of fire, fury, and formaldehyde. The Undertaker and Mankind fight to the aisle. They fight to the house area. They fight to the backstage area. It's hilarious because, like, everybody's going crazy. The crowd's going crazy. Vince is like, oh, they're fighting. They part the curtain. And the crowd immediately silences, and Vince is still in hype mode. He's like, unbelievable! I think we've seen it all! But who knows? Now, it's not really a big deal, but it's such a contrast, because it's like it's like flipping a switch. As soon as they part the curtain, the crowd, the crowd's like, ah! And that's what happens when they go by the curtain. They, everybody just stops, like, all right, well, show's over, folks. Now, we've got to fill some time. Time? or time, your choice, while the World Wrestling Federation technicians fix the ring. So we head to the commentators for some talking heads. We're sort of recapping everything, getting hyped for the main event. Uh, Some rambunctious fans behind them uh, put a Burger King crown on Jerry the King Lawler. It's quite fun and humorous. I gotta wonder, though, are these guys plants or are the crowns planted? Because there are so many Burger King crowns in the crowd. Like, I I never went to a show around this time, so... I don't know. Somebody answer that for me. We cut to some footage. Mankind and The Undertaker are continuing their brawl in the backstage area. And they're not really anywhere specific. At least at this point. And Vince is like, Mankind and The Undertaker, they're fighting in what looks to be a boiler room. I mean, it's a pretty pretty sound inference because you know that next uh, month we're booking a Boiler Room Brawl at SummerSlam, but that's fine. I mean, it's just Vince comes up with the Boiler Room a little too quick and on the nose, but it's fine. I get it. I'm not going to razz him too much. It's just... I don't know. Like, his specific verbiage stands out so much. It's not like... Like, if it was a... If it was an uncontrolled scenario... Okay, it'd be like, God, they're fighting in the arena somewhere. Like, where the hell are they? Is that a furnace? But no, Vince is clearly like, they're in some, they're in a boiler. They're brawling in a boiler room. We could use that, Patterson. It's just, you know, a little on the nose. Now that that's settled, it's time for a video recap of events that have led to our massive six-man tag team international incident main event. Now, a lot of these events... I covered in the Concrete Man Appearance Bond Special. That's when the Ultimate Warrior gets Das Boot, 
and the mystery partner is revealed. However, I love this video recap. There's just a couple of things I want to point out. So, the first thing is I love how we see a replay of the end of the championship match from King of the Ring. And famously, the sweet chin music delivered by Shawn Michaels to the British Bulldog in that match is awful. He misses by a country mile. And I've always, always, always loved how they they show it from a different angle. Like they start with the shot that's used on the live broadcast and then they cut to a ringside camera to get a different take. I, it's smart. It's what you should do. But those of us who were there live on pay-per-view basis, we know the truth. Uh, of course, Camp Cornette beats down HBK and the People's Posse make the save. Now, People's Posse, that's not a phrase that I've invented. One of the things I do every once in a while while I'm watching these things is I go to Wikipedia and I'm like, Jesus, how, how much longer is this Gold Dust Undertaker match going to go? And Wikipedia states that the main event is between Camp Cornette and the People's Posse. You gotta, you gotta help me out here, people. Nobody says it on the pay-per-view. I know Ahmed Johnson is like the people's champ, etc., etc. That's like a thing he does, the people's belt. The Rock would do it better and more memorably. But is that the official name? I've been calling Ahmed and HBK the sexy powers, which I much prefer when there's only two of them. I don't know how I feel about the people's posse. We get a recap of the Sid reveal, and then the following week on Raw where Ahmed and HBK fight the guns independently, we get an amazing recap of the scene from the Monday Night Raw Special Edition. Now, what is the Monday Night Raw Special Edition, you might ask? Well, who remembers the Star Wars Special Editions, initially released in 1997, with enhanced special effects, better sound, and even new added seeds? Well, the seed that we're about to discuss is an added seed, because... Monday Night Raw, of course famously taped in bulk, after HBK defeats Billy Gunn, uh, we cut to Ahmed Johnson in the back, who's just patiently waiting for HBK to part the curtain so he can hug him. And I love the idea of Ahmed patiently waiting to hug HBK. But there's beautiful continuity work here, because HBK comes back from the curtain. He's wearing the same tights, obviously. He's a little sweaty and wet. Uh, and that's continuity. It's important. Jim Cornette's like, hey, you look a little hot. You need to cool off and throw some water on him. And they give chase, chasing Jim Cornette. Now, the cameraman runs behind the sexy powers and Jim Cornette. And Vince, again, sort of unveils his knowledge of what's happening before it actually happens, like the boiler room. Because... The cameraman hasn't even gotten out to the parking lot yet, which is where this confrontation is going to take place. You can't even see what's happening, because Blair Witch style, the cameraman is shaking. And Vince, again, channeling uh, rebellion leader and resistance founder, Admiral Akbar, yells, It's a trap! And Camp Cornette is beating up the sexy powers. Uh, the sexy powers need to unite like Voltron and form the People's Posse. And that's what they do! But how does Psycho Sid arrive? <laughs> it's a classic moment. Psycho Sid crashes his car into like a dumpster or a garbage can near where everyone is fighting. And in the video, they've added Sid's music, so it's like this. Oh my god, I'm driving out of control! Crash! <laughs> and Sid, of course, runs out of the car and, and then fight. Now, this is an absolutely legendary moment. 
Vince yelling, Psycho Sid, is legendary. The music is legendary. Sid is driving the car. Who trusted him to do his own stunt work? Was there a stunt coordinator on set? That is the craziest shit about WWF versus, like, real TV shows. Which is ironic, because they are just a real TV show like everything else. But how is this allowed? Aren't there unionized rules about stunts and fucking Screen Actors Guild members? Oh, wait, these guys aren't actors. Like, how is that even allowed? Like, why are these guys not members of the TV or Screen Actors Guild? Like, I I don't know. Like, how is that fucking legal? Why are there no stunt coordinators? Sid's not a stuntman. How is he allowed to do this? Look, I'm not fired up and angry about it. I'm not saying it's evil. It just blows my mind they've gotten away with it for so long. I don't know if they do now. I mean, everything's so homogenized in a good way. Like, people should be safe on set, okay? I'm, I'm just saying. But that brings us back to the GM place, which I always want to say the GM palace, uh, for a People's Posse interview with Doc Hendricks. HBK starts. He's kind of generic. Then Ahmed Johnson starts by calling Doc Hendricks Mike. He's like, let me tell you something, Mike. I want to tell you, Doc! (laughs) Now, Ahmed is also wearing an airbrushed custom swimsuit cover that has the faces of all the people's posse. (laughs) It's unique. But I will say this. It's a nice addition to Ahmed now that Ahmed Johnson is leveled up. You know, he's a main event adjacent player. Uh, He's a member of the people's posse. He's one half of the sexy powers. He's the reigning defending intercontinental champion of the Intercontinental. So it's it's nice. It's a little accoutrement. Sid, uh, after Ahmed speaks, sort of mansplains what Ahmed Johnson was trying to say. And he also refers to Ahmed Johnson in the plural form by calling him Ahmed Johnson's. You see what Ahmed Johnson's is saying? At the end, HBK speaks again and wraps everything up and he channels Hulk Hogan. I think he does it on accident but I could see how something like this is really easy to do especially when you're trying to wrap up a promo and you're a pro wrestler who's been exposed to so much Hulk Hogan he says like what you gonna do when a little chin music and a little Pearl River powerhouse and a little psychoness gets you like he does say what you gonna do I mean hell I could see myself wrapping up like a presentation at work doing it I mean I could but now we are ready for the main event But how are we to know that we're ready for the main event? Well, it's simple. We hear a very specific sound. Chunka, chunka, oh, oh, shoot! Now, before the heartbreak kid can even emerge from the house, Vince lets us know who's coming. All right, ladies and gentlemen, here he comes! The leader of the new WWF generation! There's only one with this kind of charisma, with this kind of athleticism, with this kind of resilience! We're talking about Shawn Michaels! HBK is here, and Vancouver is very pleased to see him. So much that some rambunctious fans at ringside knock over the security barrier and fall into the entranceway, and Sean's like, Oh shit, Grandpops, this just fell over. Jack, oh, you guys stay away from me. I'll kick your teeth right down your throat. No, but he's all smiles. It's a nice, cool moment, to be honest with you. Look how happy they are to see Sean Michaels here! Now, ladies and gentlemen, Johnny C presents a lesson in contrast. Jim Ross, at points during these entrances, takes over and shows me why he will be the voice of the Attitude Era. 
JR is able to basically make the exact same points as Vince McMahon, but JR does it quicker. And he does it more effectively and 1,000% less like a used car salesman. So here's, we, 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 you know, we heard what Vince has said already. He also adds, Shawn Michaels, rocking Canada, rocking Vancouver, rocking the GM place. Combine that with the all right, athleticism, new generation, look how happy they are, etc. What JR says is, <clears throat> It's hard to contain this huge crowd. Shawn Michaels caused an almost a near riotous situation from enthusiasm. They love this man, the hottest competitor in the world today. He's right here. He's Shawn Michaels, and he's in the World Wrestling Federation. It's just better. It's better. And I don't feel like he's trying to sell me a car that will break down in moments. Shawn summons his pyro. Uh, Vince takes over again. He's like, the boyhood dream came true for a 12-year-old, blah, 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 blah. Like, he says some shit. But I didn't write down everything, but he ends with, and he did it the hard way. Sean's music stops. Ahmed's boom, boom, kicks in. And Vince transitions. So it's like this. He did it the hard way. Boom, boom, boom. And you want to talk about hard way. That's the way our next individual, about ready to come down the aisle, has lived his life the hard way. You know, because he's from the streets. Vancouver is also happy to see Ahmed Johnson, or Mr. Business, as JR calls him. Ahmed is fired up. He's got the People's Championship. JR puts a nice bow on it. Ahmed looks ready, looks fired up, already showing more emotion than we have seen from Ahmed Johnson. <laughs> and then he says, the big, like he starts a new thought. And right as he says, the big, Vince goes, yeah! Like cutting off JR? I mean, what a dick move. Ahmed's music ends, and we get, uh-oh, you can only hope. That this next man will be true to his word with what he stated. Here he comes. Psycho Sid is here and he's all fired up and wet. Spraying water all over the camera. But Vince wonders, is he a Camp Cornet plant or a trap? The King brings up the night after WrestleMania 11 where Shawn Michaels gave Sid the night off and Sid gave Shawn Michaels five power bombs. It's really fun here. Sid's excited. He gets in the ring. He gets on his knees and hugs Sean. He's ready to go. But here come their opponents. United is one with just one entrance theme. It's Vader's song. It's Camp Cornette. Hey, you guys remember the show Camp Candy? Where John Candy was like an animated camp counselor and he had a camp? Would you guys rather go to Camp Candy or Camp Cornette? I mean, realistically speaking, both are probably fully stocked with delicious hamburgers. But I feel like at Camp Candy, I'm going to learn, like, how to play a tuba and po- various polka instruments. Like, and I'm going to have to be like a fat guy walking with a tuba. Uh, but at the Camp Cornette, I feel like I'm only learning some carny nonsense and maybe how to fuck a Mrs. Cornette. So I don't know. It's a tough call which camp I'd want to attend. Uh, as Camp Cornette's making their entrance, we get an update on The Undertaker and Mankind that are in the, I quote, boiler room of some kind. According to Vince, security, armed police officers, and Mounties had to separate these two individuals. Can you imagine the Mountie and Mankind hanging out? All right, Mankind, I'm the Mountie! Oh, what's that thing with the legs? That's my horse! His name is Fred! Do you want to pet him? 
Oh, Uncle Paul, what's that horse doing to me? You know, because the horse is like licking mankind. Oh, I don't like this, Uncle Paul. Hey, you're nice, horsey. Yeah. You want a hamburger I got at Camp Candy? Okay, horsey. Um, The match feels big at the start. It's much needed because this pay-per-view has been quite subdued. The bell rings, and it looks like it's Vader and Ahmed Johnson, the man from the streets, <laughs> starting off. That is, until Vader beckons towards the uh, direction of the heartbreak kid. He's all like, come on, toy boy. It's not toy boy time. It's Vader time. So Vader wants to start things with the heavyweight champion of the World Wrestling Federation, the heartbreak kid. The heartbreak kid abides. Ahmed makes the tag. HBK springs into action. And it looks like opposites are set to attack here at In Your House International Incident. Uh, the horse is looking at me weird, Uncle Paul. Damn it, mankind, enough of the horse. It's time for some unique brand of World Wrestling Federation entertainment vehicles at the International Incident. Okay, we'll play later, horsey. Here we go now as these future combatants collide with one another. Uh, Vader begins to overpower the Heartbreak Kid, but HBK fights back with the power of flamboyance and athleticism. And with just a little bit of help from Ahmed Johnson, Ahmed pushes over Vader and HBK hits a Rana. Uh, then Vader gets locked up in the ropes and uh, HBK says, yeah, let's get some stars on this fucker. He does a flying body press, which sends both men over the top. Then a baseball slide and a tope suicida like Rifanax. It's actually very fun here. It's a super hot start and the crowd is pumped the fuck up. Sean goes to the well once too often, though. Leaps, Vader moves, and Sean kisses the solid steel security railing, holding back the thralls of fans that just want to touch this man. It very much feels like Sting and Vader, though, and that's a good thing. Inside, Vader is in control. Vancouver says, Sid, 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 Sid. It's starting to pick up Steve, this Sid chant. Now, because we've got some pros in the ring, HBK immediately whispers to Vader to devise a sequence that will allow HBK to get into the corner and tag Sid. So HBK rolls over to the corner and tags Sid. The crowd erupts and Sid is a house of fire with roundhouse rights. JR yells, Sid is huge! Rapid tidy gut kicks by the Sidster, followed up with a clothesline from West Memphis. The rest of Camp Cornette runs in and eats clotheslines as well. He starts to toss the campers one at a time. Vince lets us know how it sounds. Bulldog over the top. Owen Hart over the top. Vader over the top. Sylvester Stallone over the top. Terry Funk over the top. Psycho Sid brings the house down. The People's Posse hits a big pose and the crowd is on fire. Sid, in a fun moment, tells HBK to touch his nipples. HBK does. And then Sid's like, nah, Shawn Michaels, what I'm telling you to do by touching my own titties is I'm telling you I want you to chest bump me. And so HBK chest bumps Sid. It's cute. Owen Hart attacks the Sidster from behind. It has no effect. And now Ahmed Johnson is tagged in. 
Ahmed Johnson says, Dave Meltzer, I hope you paid attention. And Ahmed hits rolling German suplexes. Three of them. What the fuck? Ahmed then does a leaping, screaming elbow. And Owen Hart moves and Ahmed crashes down into the canvas. It's hilarious. So, just to slow it down, because I don't want to miss the little details. The rolling Germans happen. The crowd is ablaze. I'm like, what the fuck? Ahmed kind of lightly bounces off the ropes and then runs. And, well, this is what it sounds like. You know, because he crashes. And it's just tremendous. (laughs) And if you want to know how Vince interprets this, this is what it sounds like. Ahmed bounces. He leaps. Ahmed! No. Uh, the British Bulldog is in now, and he's in control. But Ahmed quickly cuts that off with the Spine Buster Tongue Combo. You know, he hits the Spine Buster on the Bulldog, and then he sticks his tongue out and goes, Then signals for the Pearl River Plunge. He hits it! But the Mastodon, that is Vader, cuts off the pin. And now Ahmed Johnson appears to be in peril, facing off with Vodder. Huge Sid Chance! Even bigger than the last time. Ahmed Johnson, though, decides, no, this is my moment. And he fights back and pummels Vader down into the corner like a bitch. Vader becomes a pile of goo. However, eventually Vader fights back, gets Ahmed in the corner, and hits his patented Ada punches. Eh. 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 Vader time. Gotta love those Vader punches. Uh, He then follows up with a Vader splash. Shades of the stinger, but oh no! The Vader splash is caught by Ahmed Johnson. He hits the people's power slam. One! Two! No, he didn't. Owens brought in Owen Hart. The pesky Owen Hart cast on his hand. Controversial cast, I might add. Owen hits... What do you think? The spinning heel kick. Followed up by the O'Doyle rules and Owen going, Woo! Sid chants start up again. Owen communicates something to Ahmed Johnson by whispering in his ear. Ahmed immediately comes out of peril and hits the people's press slam. And Ahmed tags Sid. I mean, we got some pros in here, folks. They know they don't want to lose the Sid-based momentum. Sid is in to massive cheers, big boots, clubbing elbows. Sid's full body punches are a joy to watch because his keeps he keeps his arm completely stiff and swings with his entire body. I'm having so much fun. Alright? It's this such a joy compared to what we've covered on this show. Uh sure, Wild Man Wild Man Mark Morrow and Stone Cold was fun. They're decent, better, better than what we had had, but this this is a whole other fucking level, in my opinion. Uh, corner whip, British Bulldog is tagged in, and Bulldog, God love him, does the delayed vertical play to Sid. It's very nice. Uh, Vader comes in to drop an elbow, but oh no! One, two, Sid kicks out like a five-year-old! And I love it. I mean, Sid goes to kick out, and at two, he like puts both legs in the air and just sort of like rolls forward like... I, I can't even. It's beautiful. Vader's brought in legally. A big Sid chant, but Vader hits a belly bump, and the British Bulldog is tagged back in and assaults with British-based headbutts. They appear to have no effect as Sid fires back with a big right hand and immediately tags HBK, who comes off the top with a double axe. One, 
Two! And no. In the quarter now, HBK charges head of steam, but oh, the Bulldog moves, and HBK's shoulder is rammed first into the post. Irish whip reversal, but oh no, the British Bulldog collides with Vader, who was standing on the apron. The Bulldog is down, HBK covers, one, two. However, HBK sees that Owen is trying to sneakily assault him. HBK stands up, and Owen elbows his own brother-in-law. Owens then tossed outside. Sean covers again. One, two, no. The Bulldog eventually gets back in control. Owen Hart is not paying attention at the ringside area. He has his back turned to the action. And the Bulldog tags him in anyway. And Owen's like, wait, me? So HBK takes advantage and brings him in the hard way with a slingshot. They do some chain wrestling. And holy shit! As if they're in Stu Hart's dungeon. Hey, what are you boys doing in my dungeon? You're supposed to be in Vancouver putting in a show. They start to do spin a pin attempts! My god, they're breakdance fighting! I don't know what else to say. Uh, there's covers. One, two, no. Victory roll by HBK. One, two, no. Countered by Owen. One, two, no. They do their stereotypical head scissors chain counter bridge sequence. It ends with a vicious clothesline from Calgary. Bulldog is in. HBK is in peril. HBK and Bulldog love to talk while they're in the ring. It's something I point out. HBK runs the ropes and accidentally runs into Owen's heart, Owen Hart's cast. Vader's legally tagged in and he appears to play with his food. He does the Ada punches. Big whip. HBK flies over the corner to the floor. Come on, toy boy. Come on, toy boy. Yells Vader. Owen helps Heartbreak back in. That's nice. Uh, Jim Ross is appalled by this interference and says, damn, and then apologizes for it. <laughs> it's going to get a lot worse, Jim. Uh, Vader locks in a million-dollar dream variant, kind of. Uh, we're in the rest hold for a bit. The crowd in the front row is getting crazy here in this rest spot. Wait a minute. There is a fan in the ring! A fan emerges from the Vancouver faithful. He mounts the ropes, appearing to be setting up for the buckshot lariat! Wait a minute, whose side is he on? What are you talking about? I don't know whose side he's on because, uh, well, I guess it's none of them because Earl, Ahmed, and Davey pounce upon this fan. <laughs> Vince lets us know what's happening. Unfortunately, one of our fans getting a little overzealous. JR adds and interjects, well, he's an idiot. Vince McMahon, God love him and his carny outlook on life. He tries to sell to all of us paying attention that this was an HBK fan who was trying to rescue Sean from his Vader-based peril. I hate it so much, I, I've come right around the other way and love it, and I wish that I could sell like a Vince McMahon. Still in the Million Dollar Dream, we kind of reset things after the uh, interference. Honestly, though, we should thank the fan for making the rest hold spot a little more entertaining. HBK punches out, but Vader puts the kibosh on it. Sid tries to tell the referee that Vader is choking. The referee yells at Sid to get back in his corner, and Sid, sure enough, scurries back like a kid that just got yelled at by his teacher. The power of heartbreak swells, but Vader counters with a belly bash. HBK is down. Vader hits a big splash. Vader stands up to celebrate like, who the man, who the man, who the man, who the man. But Ahmed Johnson runs in and murders him with a clothesline from the Pearl River Mining Company. 
HBK's crawling to tag, but Vader tags the bulldog, and the bulldog pulls away. It is smart to murder Heartbreak this long, because, well, we all know how this is going to end. Uh, the bulldog tries to powerbomb Heartbreak, almost drops and kills him. HBK slides out, goes for the crucifix. Bulldog slams! Shades off the SummerSlam 92 in Wembley. In the corner, the bulldog charges and leaps, but Heartbreak moves. Bulldog hits the post, Monsoon! Owen tags in, tries to cut off HBK. They slugfest it out, set a ring. There's a collision and a double down. Shades of KFC as we reset the scene. We use the double down to reset the scene here. Vince McMahon lets us know that we're joining them live from the International Incident. Yep, he doesn't say in your house, just calls it the International Incident. Things they are a-changing. Bulldog makes the tag and shuts down HBK's attempts to do the same. He hits the running power slam. One, two, three. Okay, so here's what happens. It should be a three count. Because, you know, to my understanding of how things work in professional wrestling, the way that you break up a pinfall attempt is to touch the individuals in the pinfall scenario. Now, Sid runs in to break up the pinfall. However... He's going to do a leg drop, but decides he needs extra momentum and runs from his corner to the opposite side of the ring to bounce off the ropes and then drops the leg. Thank God Earl catches wind of this and stops counting, but it should have been three. The Bulldog tags Vader. Heartbreak Kid makes the tag to Walmart Johnson! Wait a minute, the ref didn't see it. All right. Hilarious gangland mauling by Camp Cornette in the corner as everybody's like, hey, he made the tag. It's Shades of Syracuse. One! No! No. Uh, Owen is tagged. He comes off the top with a dropkick, but HBK ducks and Bulldog is dropkicked. Vader is tagged and slowly enters the ring so Sean can make the hot tag to Sid. Sid chokeslams Vader! And then he chokeslams Owen! And then he chokeslams the British Bulldog! On me, lamb them all! A tag to Ahmed Johnson. A double clothesline to Vader. HBK is up two, and he does the rocket launcher. Sid tosses him off the top onto the bulldog, onto Vader. One, two, and the bulldog saves. Uh, Ahmed and the bulldog and Owen and Sid are all fighting on the outside of the ring. HBK has Cornette, who's mounted the ring. Uh, Cornette tosses Vader the racket. HBK catches wind, punches Vader. Vader drops the racket. HBK picks up the racket. Guess what happens? A racket shot. One, two. Oh, but a big kick out by Vader. Sean goes into the Camp Cornette corner to set up the sweet chin music with the stomps. He goes to kick, but Cornette holds the leg. Super Sock is here to bash Cornette with the Super Sock, but Vader hits the Vader splash in the corner. Sean is down. Vader climbs. Vader bomb! One, two, three. Oh, it's over. Camp Cornette wins to the shock of no one. I would love to chat with someone who thought they were getting their money back that was over the age of five. Vince is also very sad that Heartbreak has been defeated, but he does go out of his way to call it the most gallant effort I've ever seen from the Heartbreak God. Uh... We're not going to send Vancouver home sad, though. So the People's Posse, uh, you know, sort of re-gets situated in the ring. Ahmed Johnson starts feeding Sid heels. Ahmed tosses uh, the Bulldog to Sid. Sid power bombs him. Ahmed tosses Owen to Sid. Sid power bombs him. 
Ahmed tosses Vader to Sid. Sid goes to Powerbomb, but Vader escapes. Camp Cornette is leaving. Vader is still standing, dangerously close to the ring. Shawn Michaels, he's flamboyant. He's athletic. He sprints. He clears the top rope with a jump. Rayfanax! Splash by the Heartbreak Kid. Camp Cornette flees in mass now. The People's Posse re-enters the ring. Vince yells, unquestionably, this has been an international incident for sure. So just, everything's just the subtitles now, but that's okay. The Posse is defeated, but celebrates and is celebrated by the Vancouver faithful. Vince lets us know, stand by, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, in your house. Extra! We get the uh, international incident graphic again with the spinning rings, and now the word extra appears. You know this. It's the setup for the next show. It's Doc or Mike with the now permanent president of a fan-friendly nature, Gorilla Monsoon. Gorilla, SummerSlam's in one month, dude. Well, you got any matches for us? Well, I'll tell you, Doc. The Undertaker and Mankind, they fought all the way to the boiler room. So we're going to put them in a boiler room. It's an unconventional match. So the boiler room official, huh? It's official and signed. Jim Cornette is here. He's like, oh, I'm so happy. Even though Super Sock beat me in the face with his cum, I saved $10 million. Vader comes in. I want him. I want the boy toy. Oh, give him to me. Give me the toy boy. Cornette pleads his case for a world title opportunity for Vader at SummerSlam. Vader gets really close to the camera. I'm sure he's hungry. I'm sure he wants to eat it, but he holds back, but does spit all over the lens. Doc thanks us, asks us to join them at SummerSlam in one month. We get a recap video of all the events, and thus, ladies and gentlemen, the case is closed on the international incident in your house. So, you know, I used to give out those awards, but Vince isn't saying in your house enough, so I'm going to leave it with this. This is a show that is it's a couple different tales here. There's five, like most in your houses, there's five matches. Uh, three of them kind of suck. Well, okay. The tag match is all-time atrocious. Undertaker and Goldust is putting me to sleep. Mankind and Godwin's fine enough. Like, it's it's watchable. Okay. I guess. But no one's going to want to watch it. However, Austin Marrow is fun. And the six-man tag is quite entertaining. I will say. So I guess if you're looking for some sort of a recommendation... I mean, watch the International Incident Tag Match. But, you know, if you've got to clean your house... Or if you just have to write a term paper and you're all out of drugs to keep your focus. Or, I don't know, you're in a hotel on a fucking business trip and you don't want to hang out with the people you work with that you don't like. You could put on a lot worse shows to just ignore while you contemplate jerking off or, you know, playing a video game. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a pretty good, uh, pretty good way to slice this one. Uh, but if... You're done jerking off and playing video games. There's so much that you could listen to on the new TNN podcast feed, The Concrete Man Archives. 
are available. I mean, if you go to my Podbean page, the new tnn.podbean.com, you can check out anything that's in the archives, like all the episodes I've ever done. I know some podcatcher apps like only show the most 50 recent or what have you. But Concrete Man, every In Your House is there, archived, all my crazy shit I've ever done. Uh, even shit I don't do anymore, like WCW Must Die and UPN and... Man, those are some fucking old school shows make, taking me back. Taking me back. But uh, I hope you enjoyed this uh, edition of Concrete Man. And, uh, you know, pour one out for the sexy powers of the people's posse because uh, the next night Ahmed Johnson's going to experience some kidney-based trauma and thus their run has ended. I'm Johnny C. And a winner is you. <laughs>